Welcome to another Monday of No One Gets Away With Anything. Today with you we are Jose Rafael Choneri and Ariana Lopez. Hi, how are you? Hello. It's hot in Madrid. Pero la semana pasada nos estábamos congelando y ahorita y esta semana... hoy saqué mis crop tops y dije Babies are coming back. <laughs> I did. Uh, yo, este es mi crop top el día de hoy. Sí, o sí. Sea, it, la camisa de José es tipo crop top when he lifts his arms. Yeah. Um, so. Before we start. Yes. What are we, Ariana? We're no one. We are. Nobody. Students. Uh, Non-professionals. Okay. We are professionals in other things like giving English classes, but not <laughs> precisely in what we're going to be talking about. So exactly. in this particular episode, we are not sexual experts. We are not so sociologists We're or psychologists academics or academics of any kind. Well. We are people who like to have conversations. Así que, por favor, todo lo que vamos a decir con un granito de arena, si se quieren referir a algún lugar, refírense a los libros que, que yeah, mencionamos. That we're going to reference. Exactly. exactly. Very good. Then, tell us about the book of today. Okay, so I've been uh, rather, you know, very, very interested with the ideas that have been displayed in Several podcast episodes in like the podcast circuit, you know. Sabes que hay un circuito de podcast, sí, ¿no? Bueno, pero es infinito podcast. Like. Okay, sí, pero el circuito de podcast, por ejemplo, that I subscribe to es tipo Joe Rogan, uh, Chris Williamson, and the bunch. Tipo Michaela Peterson, Jordan Peterson, etc. Como que that's more or less where I move in terms of podcast mm -hmm. stuff that I listen to. O sea, también escucho otros, pero those are like my main uh, podcasts. And whenever somebody gets bumped up to that level, for example, uh, there's like um, Huberman Lab podcast. Mm -hmm. He started being interviewed by Joe Rogan and after Joe Rogan, Chris Williamson. And after that, like David Goggins, the, you know, this, the, the guy that's all like the, the extreme ownership guy, that guy uh, started with Joe Rogan and then he went to another podcast and then another podcast. And it's like they get introduced into this world because the ideas that they're putting out make a lot of sense mm. for what we're talking about or for the conversation that Joe Rogan and, and the other elite podcasters want to have. Mm. Okay. So this girl, uh, I forgot her name. I don't know her name. Um, if you can look it up. <laughs> I'm she's, on it, baby. She's awesome, though. Uh, she wrote a book called The Case Against the Sexual Revolution. And mm -hmm. I started listening to this from Chris Williamson's podcast, Modern Wisdom. Again, highly recommend that podcast. Incredibly amazing. Uh, and the point is that this book, I've always had a hard time with feminism in general. Like, uh, and I think a lot of women, we've talked about this a lot. Louise Perry. Louis Perry, yeah. Louis Perry, yeah. Louis Perry. Um Amazing. And she's like super poised. She's I like that. Like in the interviews, whenever they talk to her, she's like, like digests the questions and she, mm -hmm. she answers very, very well. Uh, the point being, uh, I don't know if it's been your case, but for me, I've never been able to ascribe to any kind of feminism like a hundred percent like okay yeah i buy i buy into this i buy your idea yeah. um i think we have that in common it's like I've, i've also never tried to do so because yeah. the whole idea of feminism was like so extreme for me that i was simply like i know where i stand about it and that's definitely not there yeah so like you you understand the idea like feminism in the equality of both men and women in terms of the law that, that's mm -hmm. okay that, that's something that i think everybody agrees with yeah but the the feminism that we grew up with Mm -hmm. like the one that was starting to come up while we were growing up was radically different to that original you know yeah. form of feminism at least yeah. in my book no it was it was it was a bit more extreme yeah 
And so, uh, at least in my adult life, in my university life especially, I have never been able... O sea, en verdad, nunca me he sentido cómodo diciendo como que, ah, bueno, sí, tipo, esta, esta autora feminista me encanta. No, tipo, that would never... That wouldn't happen. Never happen. Until... Exactly, Louis exactly. Perry. No, until her and uh, basically we just feel like we relate a lot to her ideas and we're just going to discuss them a bit today. Exactly. So uh, one of the first things that she says that I found really interesting is that she, in the, uh, I've, I've read the book, Ariana Hassant, but she watched thoroughly watched like two podcast episodes yeah. where they talk about it. Uh, and so we wanted to discuss it because the ideas are so enticing. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that she does in the book is that she compares um, Marilyn Monroe Okay, to Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner was the guy who run, ran Playboy. Okay, he was, you know, the typical Chad guy. You know, he was the, you know, el perro que conocemos todos, pero multiplicalo por infinito. Okay, and so what she says is like the sexual revolution started the same year that they were born. Okay, mm -hmm. so the point is the sexual revolution starts literally the year that they're born because, in, at least in, according to her, the sexual revolution starts. With the legalization of the pill. Okay. okay? Yeah, yeah. She said that. So, uh, Marilyn Monroe dies. Is it Marilyn Monroe? Am I, am I mistaking? I, I don't know. You're telling me the story. I'm pretty sure it was Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Uh, she dies pretty pretty young. Okay. And she dies in very probably by her own hand yeah. after consuming drugs. Okay. And they say that this is, and, and the story, generally accepted story, is that she does this because she had been a product, okay? She had become a product for the world. And then Hugh Hefner, on the other hand, uh, dies late into his 80s and 90s uh, after be having been surrounded by women his entire life. Mm -hmm. And she says, the sexual revolution is a con for women. It has been, she says it in the book, when, when she told her mother the whole story, the whole theory, Her mom said, women have been conned. And it's like, you have been convincing women that the ideal thing, what you have to do, is follow this this path and you will mm -hmm. be happy. And the reality is that you end up sad in your 30s, being used and uh, acted on like a product. Yeah. Okay? What do you think? Um, something that's super interesting that she mentions, like, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in time till nowadays. She's like, look... Before you had this concept of like virginity being holy and like that's what you should aim for. You should aim to protect your body until you find that one person you want to share it with. While nowadays you have women having to like come achieve the ex how do you get it the more expectations like yeah of men right yeah. meaning that like perhaps it's like more predatorial behavior of, of men of wanting to sleep with a lot of women and being happy about it is something that men expect from women as well in order to satisfy their own needs she speaks about that a lot and she's like you cannot be too much of a whore but you cannot be too much of, of a like prude. a virgin you a, know, prude. a pure you have to be perfectly in between and she's like girls nowadays are not aware of these boundaries that you have but they're there And you're gonna get like called out for either of the boundaries that you choose to like for any of the extremes, right? So you have the pill, which is, she says, and then in the interview they ask her like, "Was the pill a bad idea?" And she's like, she she stops and she's like, "Look, socially speaking, it's not. It's a good thing." Like, and she wouldn't take it away. Like she says, like I would I would never say like, "Don't take your pill," right? Mm -hmm. And she and she says like, "I wouldn't like my life to be determined by me bearing children." 
having to have 10 kids and being useless all the like part of my pregnancies and the postpartum like that's not how i want my life to look but we still yet need to better seize and understand the dynamics of the pill it's like the fact the fact that you're not gonna get pregnant does not mean that you need to have sex every time the fact like, like if you don't want to have sex you don't need to have sex and you don't need to have the same desires men have if you're a woman or the other way around yeah so the, the first thing that she does in the book is established that men and women are different exactly so and that's that, that's that's like the cornerstone of the book mm-hmm. and it's her main attack towards modern feminism exactly i think that's one of the things where we deferred the most from modern feminism it's like yes rights should be the same you need to have equity but equity is based on the fact that people are different and yeah. men and women are intrinsically different physically and mentally and that's something that's yeah. hard to deny que por ejemplo a mí me ha pasado eh, no sé estando en mi vida normal tipo um, yendo que si a comprar ropa mm-hmm. y que si ah no no compres ropa en la parte de mujeres como que bueno si me da la gana comprar algo en la parte de mujeres puedo comprar algo en la parte de mujeres como que I don't think mm-hmm. that's a problem mi hermano siempre lo dice como que you know uh, gender stereotypes tipo he loves breaking a gender stereotype sí. just because a lot of people are like what are you doing oh my god <laughs> how dare you like eh, típico típico de ir a la universidad con las uñas pintadas que es alguien con las uñas pintadas and the most satisfying thing that I do in my regular life is that whenever I do see a, a guy with his nails painted, I'm like, oh my God, I love the color. And it's, that's not anything, there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. But n- saying that, for example, the, the most controversial one is transgender women in sports, in, in sí. male sports. You know, th- that, oh, that part, like not acknowledging that men and women have physical differences. I think I, I personally believe that men and women are, 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 are different. different. And it's clear. And and the Lu- Louis says Louis, how do you pronounce Louis, it? I, I would say Louis, but that's. I think it's Louise. But Louis whatever. Perry. Okay. Louis Perry, yeah, because otherwise it would be a men like name. But whatever, that's not the point. Um, she speaks about look, you can have very strong women, but still, men like putting that much effort were probably going to be stronger than the women, like. Yeah, it's a fact. It, yeah, the, the, it uses a Petersonian thing. Like Jordan Peterson draws the comparison a lot when he talks about personality. He's like, who are the most disagreeable people in the world? The 100 most disagreeable people in the planet. They're all men and they're all in jail. <laughs> <laughs> and who are the 100 most, dis, uh, most agreeable people in the planet? They're all women and most of them are like severely abused in some way, sí. like taken advantage of in some way. Like either they are like, I don't know, the point is that it, it, that same thing goes for social sexuality. Sí. Okay. And what is social sexuality? Yeah. So social sexuality is the uh, tolerance that one human being has for non-attachment during sexual relations. Casual sex. Yeah. Okay. And basically, what the author says is like, look, it's hard to deny that women are way more prone to develop feelings when having casual sex than men. Yeah. And we we see that is wrong like i think and again going back to the the idea of feminism that we have especially es que va a sonar demasiado como abuela con la que va a decir pero the the newest generations oh my people, god for example something <laughs> i see a lot in my sister she's like yeah i'm a strong woman i don't need of any men you know y esto esto como que like i don't i don't want to catch feelings for you like it's wrong for me to feel like i depend on you that's odd yeah. You know, it's like, I, I don't agree with that. I think that vulnerability and showing the fact that 
you can be protected by a man if you want to whatever it's not something that makes you weaker yeah so giving somebody the power for them to take care of you exacto o sea tipo being taken care of should not be seen as a weakness yeah but define taking care of for example I'm going to put the example of a relationship because it's I think it's the easiest one to grasp. If you would have put like let's say I don't know a, a girl two girls right and then there's going to be this one girl that's like I don't need of you like m- my boyfriend man whatever I can do everything on my own I don't care if you take care of me I'll do everything because I know I can I want to show you that okay good for you but also what if the other girl it says like I can do things on my own but I really appreciate when you help me when you're there for me when you take care of me when you make me feel safe because although I know that I would be fine on my own the fact that you're there makes me feel better. Yeah. That's a good thing and we're making it look bad. And I don't think it should be like that. Yeah, so chivalry in Europe See. at least for at least I've seen in in Madrid chivalry is seen as a bad thing and I have this running joke with my friends where absolutely freaking princess to each other Two. like a couple of my university friends and i were like we count the amount of times that we open the door for, for each, each other. other and we get super like oh my god you did uh, you walked first before <laughs> me three times today man that's and we, we take care of each other in that way and it's a joke but it's also not it's also not uh, for example in my circle of friends I'm, i'm really lucky and they're all european most of them and also in my relationship it's like I like when people take care of me. Yeah. You know, and like I I like to feel protected and I like to just like you know, I like to be like vulnerable for other people to like take care of me and that's that means I feel safe. Yeah. There's also this uh there's ep- there's this epidemic of men killing themselves. So uh a lot of it is like the Chris Williamson talks a lot about this. So if you want more content on this, go to his podcast. He 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 mentions a lot of the times that in in that in a lot of the research so i think it's like 60% of suicide attempts are made by women but 70% of successful suicides are made by men okay so more women are trying to kill themselves than men but more men are Succeed. are succeeding and it turns out that psychological help okay mm-hmm. so the, the what do you think is the population that most rejects psychological help men men Mm-hmm. especially older men but men in general and it's because men don't want to sit and talk about their feelings in mm-hmm. general they like they, they mostly want to feel useful mm-hmm. you know how a young guy feels really useful making somebody helping somebody See. taking care of somebody making them feel useful you know you want to feel useful one day go to a nursing home See. go okay. to a nursing home for a, for a couple of hours you will feel incredible incredible my girlfriend has told me for a long time that when she moved to Spain, she used to be very dressed in black, not display any colors. And like, she had a couple of things that were like green because it's her favorite color. And like, she would wear that around the house, but she would never go out with colorful things. She would avoid it as much as possible. She liked like the black look or gray look or white look mm-hmm. like that, that, that. That's what she liked. And she told me like for the last year and a half since I've been with you, I, everything I have is colorful because I don't feel I feel super comfortable in my femininity mm-hmm. now that I'm with you mm-hmm. because I know that it's not a bad thing anymore either. So like it's 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 so perverse. It's like men are bad, okay? And so we shouldn't rely on men. Sí. But then because men are bad, we should act like men because uh-huh. that's where the power is and then you make feminine the femininity wrong. Something bad, see. It, it's it's crazy. It's odd. It, oh, but we're not saying that that is feminism, you know? We're just saying that sometimes it just 
can lean towards that and we we just feel like that's super counterproductive yeah and, and something i was talking about with jose that i heard in a podcast a long time ago so he, he like this person said basically you have a lot of more women in the workplace nowadays taking role yeah. that you shouldn't wear for men before and that's a good thing of course like you have women leading stuff but it's true that perhaps these roles suppress your feminine side sometimes because you have to act very tough your feelings cannot be so much on the table you have to be like if you want to deal with men it's like super but i don't necessarily mean what i'm saying but you have to act like men to be like men and to beat men in the workplace you yeah know? and that's gonna make you detach yourself from your feminine side and don't say women when when they don't feel feminine se ponen ariscas tipo i know that for a fact because i've been there when when i don't feel in touch with my feminine side i don't like when people touch me i don't like when people talk to me anything you tell me i'm gonna be like super antipatica about it because it's like estoy como en este ambiente super defensivo y super agresivo which tampoco me gusta o sea es como que you enter that sort of gray zone super unexpectedly and then you just find yourself being like o sea, a veces yo es como que, bro, en verdad a mí me encanta como que give love and give hugs and stuff. Y está bien que de vez en cuando como que te salgas de eso, pero being in touch with that and allowing yourself to do so es súper importante para poder ser feliz. Sí. And perhaps we're not giving it that much importance. Y también como que aceptar que you can be feminine and be powerful at the same time. Yeah. There's Without a lot of power. To push men away. I, I told you this before, right before we started recording. If you want to scare a guy half to death, put him in front of a woman he likes. He'll be more self-conscious than he's ever been in his entire <laughs> life. Like, if, if if women don't think they're powerful, they just have to look around for a mm. bit. They'll, they'll, they'll find it. Uh, one other thing that the book talks about is monogamy a lot. So it talks about monogamy, dating, and satisfaction. And I think that one of the the o sea, de las cosas que más me sorprendió el libro fue una manera... She makes a little test at the end, uh, at a point of the book, where she asks... She talks about sociosexuality. She says that women have a lower sex, sociosexuality on average than men, meaning that they get attached more in, in casual sexual relationships. Even if they convince themselves that there's nothing there, they start, like, obsessively thinking, like, oh, is he, like, actually... Does he actually like me? But he's not saying it. And then they get into this thing where it's like, oh he did this that he normally doesn't do and that's a sign that he loves me mm. and it generally does not end well for either of them that's to important take like for <laughs> either two sides right and then the the what i really love about this is that she makes a list and she says look i'm going to ask four questions if you get any of these four questions wrong that means that you've had at least a bad sexual experience at least one bad sexual experience and it means that this sexual model the sexual revolution has failed you as a woman okay if you've ever felt forced into uh, doing something that you didn't want to do even though it, you were consenting to that activity But, uh, regarding sex or in general in general so <laughs> mostly sexual and dating but okay. like have you ever felt forced to do something that you're actually consenting to so like you consented to doing something but then you feel bad about it <laughs> yeah but, but I don't know, dating a guy and like going back to his place and him being like, oh, do you want to stay over? And you're like, I feel kind of obligated to do this. So I'm going to say yes, because Fair everybody enough. does it. Okay. What well, we were talking about, the perfect balance between being slutty and not being okay, slutty. Okay, okay, so yeah. she asked that and she asked like, have you ever felt uh, like you were developed? Have you ever denied to the person that you were with that you have feelings for them in order to keep being with them? Yeah. 
the the questions those those are the only two that I can remember. But the questions were super super ingenious, and I remember saying, "Oh, I felt like this too." <laughs> so like I, I'm probably not the I'm I'm sí. definitely not the highest person in, in in social sexuality. I'm probably very low for a man in in that sense because <laughs> I've. I realized this reading the book. I've I've only had like serious. I, I've had very few non-serious relationships in my life. Like I, I don't generally have. Yeah, yeah, have casual things in my life. And whenever I've, I have had them, it's like you. I don't sí. like that. So so I, I can empathize a little bit. Um, and then she goes into marriage, which which is where this book gets really really interesting. Okay, so. Did you remember anything? See, see, basically she says like she has a chapter of her book called Marriage is a Good Thing. And she's like, look, this is not a religious take. This comes from a secular logic, although it can have some religious background on it. And she speaks about when you have monogamy, you have stability. And even if you want to deny it, if you have a polyamorous relationship, there's going to be jealousy. Right? Yeah. And another interesting thing they talk about, and it's more about men, and it was more like the, the podcaster who actually said this, like, look, When a man is in a stable relationship, their testosterone levels lower a bit. Yeah. Because they feel net, they feel less need to go out and look for women and look to, to call the attention and yeah. to be aggressive, right? And it lowers even more when you have a child. So, but they were saying overall, it's like, maybe you have to take the small, like, toll of having to stay loyal to a partner and staying with them. But also, like, an overall benefit for society. Yeah, because... The point that he makes is that men who have higher levels of testosterone tend to be more violent also. Mm. So you, the, the, one of the best ways to solve male violence is monogamy, mm. which is so <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that Chris Williamson posted this on his Instagram the other day, which is a crazy statistic. So they did a study where they uh, study the correlation between uh, divorce, like rates of divorce and the amount of sexual partners that you've had in your life. Mm -hmm. It turns out, independent of whether you're a man or a woman, if you've had between three and seven sexual partners, you're 75% more likely to, to get a divorce. Than if you've had? None. Or zero to four, I think. I don't remember so, the exact figures. If you've been with three people, including your husband, you're way more likely to stay with them yeah. than if you've had. What yeah, if but, it's but, one but, and one? But, but that's the crazy thing. If your husband has had sex with more than three people, okay, you're statistically more likely to get divorced than if he hadn't. That's wild. That's all. And that it, doesn't nah, yeah. <laughs> that it doesn't differentiate between the sexes. That's really crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And when you think about it, you sit down and you say, so, so you're saying, <laughs> and then the, st the statistic before that says, it's a study or a post before that says, there's been a lot of studies conducted on uh The Happiness Project, have you heard mm -hmm. about this? The long-running project Ching. on happiness. Well, uh, it turns out that people who are married are just happier. Ching. Like, hands down, they live happier lives. They make more sacrifices, Ching. but they have happier lives. Again. So, like, it means that the Tinder age is basically making going to make us miserable in the future. And poorer, because divorces make us poorer. That's true. So... Something to think about. Sí. Bueno, es que I was having, like, to conclude, I estaba teniendo una conversación with my boyfriend and we were speaking about, like, yeah, the beginning of the relationship is really nice. It's fun. It's flirty and stuff. But there's nothing like being stable and feeling like things are settled and that you don't have to worry about if the other person, like, still wants to be there or not. Damn, yeah. And he told me that and I was like, wow. Look, yesterday, my... Uh, look, 
when you have a routine with your partner sí. and you get it down flat and pat like there's nothing like it mm -hmm. and yesterday i was coming back from work and my girlfriend and i were going to be crossing the same metro station in like the same two minute window and i told her wait for me at the stop that we, we always like to get in the same you know la misma entrada del metro mm -hmm. porque que la hay una que tienes que caminar mucho entonces, es mm -hmm. la que menos hay que caminar por dentro del metro entonces agarramos esa no entonces dije wait for me there i went to a flower shop that was right on the way bought flowers went like two euro flowers like you don't have to spend much went hid the flowers along the way hid from her then as soon as she saw me brought out the flowers made her freaking day went home had a beautiful night slept like a baby and woke up the next day i was like i feel amazing i feel like a, such an accomplished person and it's like one stupid gesture and that's the kind of thing that you do when you're in a like normal monogamous relationship and you're actually like getting I don't know, like having a really sí. difficult weekend and ending the weekend feeling like, oh, we didn't die. Sí. We did this together and, and things worked out. That's amazing. Sí. Bueno, and yeah, creo que takeaways of this well, from what you're just saying, it's like there's no need for you to suppress the way you feel towards your girlfriend. And like you can call this a feminine side, the more sensitive side of you. And that's good for you. Exactly. It's it's bringing something positive to your relationship, and like perhaps one of the things that we're sort of criticizing about the sexual revolution, it's the idea of having to suppress things that come natural to us. Yeah. Which can be love, which can be stability, which can be feelings and attachment towards a person. Like what I what I take from this episode, and what I I believe I want people to take, it's like it's okay to not be completely independent, and it is okay to rely on other people. You yeah. Know? And it's like having someone that you can build a life with or or a project with and and to trust because things are not going to be perfect but like i was also hearing i heard a quote from jay shetty a podcast i really like yeah yeah and he's like look you don't need you're, you're never going to find the perfect partner you just need to find a person who wants to work in it with you and we i think I, this is sort of also summarizing it's like if you're if, if we can get to a society where you can find a lot of people like that our overall well-being is going to be so strengthened by it. There's um, there's two things that I really like about this episode. The first one is a tip that she gives, which I think is super applicable in the world, which is don't have sex with anyone you wouldn't have a baby with. Hmm. And I think that's like sage advice. I mean, that's <laughs> top. We are starting to see the cases of friends of ours who like, Oh, she got pregnant and she sí. got an abortion or she's having the kid or he got a girl pregnant. And it's like, if you're not willing to have a kid with that person, don't have sex with that person. Or at least be extreme. Like, why would you be having sex with someone that you wouldn't want to so have a kid It's super with? superficial. And that, I think that's good. And I think that the other thing that I take away from it is that I think it's for the first time I found a brand of feminism that I can agree with. And I, I, I think I, I want to end with a prediction. I think that our generation is going to be much, much more monogamous than the previous ones. De verdad? I do think so. I hope so. Because, look, I don't think that you and I are geniuses in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. I think that we're normal people who study our careers and live our lives. And if we're noticing this, and if we're noticing that the Tinder age is bad, and I've seen this in my friend group, like, you have no idea how happy I am whenever I, I see one of my friends tell me, like, you know what? kind of don't want to go party anymore i really and i'm 21 21 uh i don't want to go party anymore i just i really don't want to go to a party 
try to make out with some random girl and then like go home and feel bad about it like i i just i want to do something better with my life hmm. and i see that every day and, and i really love that idea like i've been working on that for a very long time and i realized very quickly like i don't like to party like i, I like to party but not that i don't like to live in a party too. and like the same way that people like oh i love drinking and they're like drugging down tequila i'm like no i, I can have a drink but i don't like drinking mm -hmm. so having that positive outlook where a lot of people our age who are starting their lives are realizing quickly that there's nothing to be found there mm. nothing re like literally nothing True. like actually you if you if you go down that path where you just party and are you know find no there's very few people in the world who can actually live and there probably are some people who can probably live a happy life like that most people won't and what you will find at the end of that is you but after having ignored everything that you actually felt for x amount of years sí. as long as you want to kid yourself for sí, bueno. y va para terminar bueno x no no importa no say it <laughs> like i saw a tiktok that's called like from a podcast that's called excuse my grandma so it's a grandma and a girl like her granddaughter Daughter. and she was like one of the things she says like my grandma gave me a tip one day she was like look you're never gonna meet the love of your life at a bar at 2 a.m so might as well go home get some rest and work on yourself so that you can go somewhere else to meet the person that you actually want to spend your life with that's awesome yeah y por otra cosa unpopular opinion me encanta tipo I, I like so much better partying having a boyfriend than partying being single tipo no tienes idea yo lo pienso es como que ir a una fiesta sin mi novio me da un poco de flojera <laughs> porque es como que him being there is so much fun it's like if it's my girlfriend and stuff super nice pero te lo juro tipo I think about when I partied before having him and I was like such a like I don't like I like it way better now me too like going out and being like you know what let's leave it's 3 a.m let's go it's awesome exactly so remember that no one can get away with anything see you next monday see you next monday remember we are on apple Podcasts, spotify and anywhere else you get your podcast from and please give us like and a subscribe if you're listening on youtube bye awesome 32 minutes